0: You're listening to talking rugby with me matt burke g'day i'm matt burke and welcome to another episode of talking rugby now today's guest is a wallabies veteran having played 121 test matches in the green and gold quite incredible he's been nicknamed mr versatile and sometimes known as australia's mr fix it he's the third highest try scorer in wallabies history and has got across the line at this year's world cup as well he's obviously taking tips from me in the hair department because he is the silver fox of the team, the man known as Swoop. I am talking about Adam Ashley Cooper. Great to have you on board, more so for the senior uh, crew that are, uh, are listening to this as well because fourth World Cup for you, um, what's it What's it like? What's it been like for you coming back after all this time and, and running around again? Well, yeah,
1: fourth World Cup, well, certainly hasn't been easy, mate. Uh, it's probably been the hardest journey and the challenge. You know, just getting, I guess, world cup ready um you know it doesn't get any easier as you know at an older age i think but i guess being it being its fourth um i was probably the most excited about this one because realistically there won't be another one after this so i've just been really enjoying every moment uh every every opportunity and everything the world cup has to offer i think you know looking back on the previous three world cups that i attended and participated in i um they go back you, you kind of reflect back on them as highlights in your career but they go really quickly and mm. you kind of forget to to enjoy the moments that that are on offer and i think that's been a real focus of mine this trip in japan is to be really present
0: uh and it just just soak just soak up every moment talk us through talk us through world cup ready what do you mean by that is in is it is it another level up to get sorted for a uh for a world cup challenge
1: yeah i think um well First and foremost, yeah, there's there's a lot of preparation that goes into being able to play test football, and considering that I was away for a couple of years, I left after the 2015 World Cup, and I went to France for two seasons, and then came back via Japan for two seasons there in the top league. So I'd I'd stepped out of the game, the international game, for a while, and there was a bit of a process behind getting. Ready and prepared and fit enough to be able to contribute and play well at this level. And so, I mean, like I, I started this preparation, this World Cup preparation back in April last year, 2018, before the top leagues kicked off in Japan. So basically we underwent a, a five month preseason. Um, and that allowed me to kind of. Get the conditioning in that I needed to perform well in the top league season up there, and then get me ready for a Super Rugby season at the start of this year, which in essence would get me ready for uh, a test, uh, a test window. So, um, you know, obviously I had to kind of hit markers and, and achieve little goals along the way, but um, I managed to do that, and and here I am. So, in terms of I mean to answer your question you know it's it's being able to contribute and and play test football again um and for me that was always going to be a bit of a challenge being out of the game for a while and also being at the age i am uh,
0: thirty four thirty five how how's the uh, how's the body after all that knowing that well, I know that when you get older and you get on the drink it's it's hard to back up
1: mate it's it's really tough i think more than um you know previous years this year was probably its most demanding physically um because of just the the pace of the game, I think, the intensity that um, that you kind of get through on a, on a weekend in a, in, a, in eighty minutes—it's just like the Super Rugby this year was really demanding. I mean, it's just a, you're just dealing with bigger athletes, faster athletes, and the contacts are just a, a lot higher um, with a lot more force and anywhere else i think in the world that i've experienced anyway personally but um yeah you know it just takes it just takes a lot longer to recover i think you know when you're early 20s you kind of play a game of football and you're bouncing back really quickly you're getting through a monday tuesday session without any worries you know i mean you don't even have to warm up or recover um i think (laughs) back into your career i mean you're spending you're spending probably an hour in there even before training starts and you're spending a well over an hour after training finishes you know just making sure that you can kind of you're recovering from that session. You're ready to go again for the next the next session the following day. So I think that's been challenging in itself. You're, you're the bloke who smells like denkerub all the time, just trying to heat up. <laughs> <laughs> rub these days it used to be baby powder back in the day, wasn't it? When, it, when you, I mean you were <laughs> evolved,
0: but, uh, That that's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Denker, denkerub with the addition of any in, in inflammatory gel. Yeah you know, that that is a uh, that is a, a special and it doesn't matter when you're finished as well. Now that's just me getting out of bed. Now, hey mate, tell us. Um, Tell us about those changes when you mention it, because it's you know, four World Cups for you. You've you've, you've spanned over a decade. You've played a hundred and coming up twenty, I think it is one hundred and twenty. Uh, that's an enormous amount of uh, of one players, two coaches, and just the game that's changed. Is it a is it the game that's changed, or is it the physicality of the game that's changed? Well,
1: I think it's the physicality of the game that's changed. Um, you're certainly more aware of the physical contest um, in the in the game these days, I think, than you are maybe because I'm a little bit older and I feel a little bit more of the uh, the, the demand um, physically. But I think I think athletes, rugby players, are getting more athletic. They're getting faster, fitter, and stronger, um, and it's reflected in the contest and the physical impacts um, during a game of football. Yeah. And I guess as a result of that, you're also kind of you're feeling it all week as well because you're recovering from these physical impacts. Um, so I think more than anything, I think the way the game has changed is
0: that rugby players are becoming you know, far more athletic. It, mate, it's huge, isn't it? It's quite incredible. I mean, when you talk about, I think we used to call it Tuesday Warriors and uh, new and blokes are just bashing each other as training as well. Do you, um, uh, do you train smarter these days? Is that, is that the word? Uh,
1: I, think that's, I think that's really important. Uh, particularly when um, the game is always demanding more and more and more, coaches are always demanding more. I mean, rugby players are demanding more of themselves. Um, I think it's really important to be very smart about how you go about your about your preparation, about your training, about your work week to week, um, because you know you've. I think half the battle these days is not just playing well, but it's also just getting. Yourself prepared and yeah. back onto the field the following weekend um, because it's is such a physical, like I said before, such a physical content, contest, uh, week to week. And you know, I'm not even—I mean, I'm kind of talking around Super Rugby now. Like, this is not even to mention Test Rugby. Yeah. Um, so all year round, you can—you know—you can be playing both Super and Test Test football. Um, you know, eleven months of the year, and you know, going putting your body through that. So, I think it's really important to be smart. Like, training can be. Training can be in te- uh, really intense and, you know, very physical. But I think it's the responsibility of the player and the coaches and the S&C staff to make sure that players are recovering really, really well, you know, using the, the recovery facilities available, using the, the staff that are on hand, the massage therapists, the physiotherapists, and also just getting a really good idea of what your body needs to
0: recover and prepare day to day. It's quite incredible listening to that. As to how we used to sort of get around, and we and we thought we were high tech at the time, and then you see what you guys go through; it's quite incredible. Now, tell me, mate, you, you're obviously uh, in Tokyo. You've you spent some time up there yourself. Uh, being the, uh, the the fourth World Cupper, are you taking the young guys under the wing? How are they how are they handling the whole scenario of you know the pressure of a rugby World Cup?
1: Well, man, I think they're doing extremely well. Um, you know, it's hard to to gauge what you Know individuals go through, I guess, emotionally, uh, mentally, um, because you know whether or not they're willing to open up to those conversations. Um, it's hard to gauge that, but I think a general feel, a general feel of the group, particularly the younger players, that they're just really enjoying the experience. I think there's been a lot of excitement in the build up this year, um, and that's reflected with everyone's energy that they're offering day to day. It's really pleasing to see that um, you know these young guys are. Kind of turning up to training with a real willingness to learn, uh, and you know those you know strong growth mindset in terms of wanting to develop and grow their game. Even though they're still at a rugby world cup, you know they're still wanting to get better here.
0: Yeah. What about the? Uh, <laughs> let me ask you about the, and I, 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 I'm going to keep coming back to sort of this generational gap. I remember when I finished uh, over in Newcastle, I was sitting on the bus and had these 18 year olds talking to me behind me, and I, and I literally I, I listened for about 10 minutes. I said, boys. Can you stop? The chat is just killing me. Are, are you are you in that stage? Because the music's different. Mate, everything's different. You know? <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah, they didn't has... have iPhones back when you were playing at the start. There, yeah, you're right, mate.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, like, I mean, I kind of got the back end of your generation, and I certainly learnt um, that I had to fit in. And you know, the senior blokes, you know. Ruled the ruled the roof, but um, I think these days I think it's just the challenge around music and playlists and who's in charge of the speaker. That's right. Um, you know, there's a young bloke here, Tolu Tol, Tolu Latu, uh, and he carries around the speakers wherever he goes, even through the foyer of the uh, the hotel, on the bus, um, through the crowds of training, and it's going the whole time. It's the same music. So there's we've had a few conversations on how we take that speaker off him and you know put a <laughs> bit of old school on, so to speak. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh that's superb because oh, i mean that's 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 all part of it isn't it and i've seen you guys uh at training and you and you bond quite well and there's just this this beat this drum that's going and you you have a bit of a laugh because <laughs> it mate it's some of the worst music i reckon i've heard but you've got, you've <laughs> got to put up with it because they, they're ruling the rooster
1: exactly right so i mean oh look i think i think that's the that's what i think that's the the game these days really you know you've got a group of different ages and different backgrounds and different personalities. And I think that's the, I guess that's the best thing about this group is that we've got all that. We've got a real mixed bag um, and everyone's bringing their own little differences and intricacies and, um, you know, idiosyncrasies and personality traits uh, to provide to what we're growing in, in terms of culture here. Mate, in saying that, who would want to be
0: a coach trying to manage all that? That's the, uh, that's the incredible part about what those blokes do. All right, we're going to take a quick break. More of Adam Ashley Cooper after this. Stay with us. Are you looking for your next favourite podcast? Then why don't you head over to Hammer at Home with me, Baz Dubois. I interview all kinds of interesting and funny people. If you're planning on a spring clean, start with my Peter Walsh episode. He is a decluttering guru with plenty of great tips. See you over at Hammer at Home. Welcome back to Talking Rugby. Now, Adam Ashley Cooper is my guest. He's a player who's been there and done that. He's currently playing in his fourth Rugby World Cup and knows what it's going to take to beat England. Hey, tell me, um, what, uh, what's the mood like at the moment now going into a, uh, a, an England quarterfinal? You've been there, uh, you, you've done that, you've accomplished on the way through. Uh, is, it, uh, is it quietly as she goes or is there a bit of uh, rev up that you're playing England?
1: I think it's. I think it's important just to look. I think that naturally you get from the group is a lift. Um, you know, now that we're in the knockout stages, we're quarterfinal. We certainly know who we're up against this weekend. Um, and you wouldn't want you wouldn't want another another opposition to face. I think in a quarterfinal. I think it's, it's turned out perfectly for us, and that's the way we're we're certainly approaching it. I think, like I said before, there's been a real natural lift in terms of the energy and the focus. Um, and I think it's it's important to. Time your time your race, time your race well in terms of just let the week build yeah. and then making sure that you're getting 100% of, um, out of yourself on the weekend. So I think that's what we're kind of focused on. You know, Cech's spoken to the group. He's spoken about, you know, precision and focus. And I think with the first two training days that we've kind of got through today and yesterday together as a team, it's been really accurate. So it's pleasing to see that, you know, guys are – I switched on their focus you know they're kind of just honing in on their individual roles um the team strategy and you know letting the week build um nicely until until game day
0: yeah then then it's yeah exactly right then it's all about exploding on game day ready to go isn't it' um one hundred percent what about um you you've got that as you said you're locked in that quarter final burst you're in you're in the you're in the proper end of the tournament now how did you rate those first Uh, Games in in the pool matches, knowing that you know that Wales game was disappointing to lose, but I suppose some good things to come out of it. How do you, how do you move forward from uh, finishing second in that pool, mate? How's how's the feeling amongst the amongst the guys?
1: Well, I mean, I think there certainly wasn't disappointment around finishing second. Um, You know, the goal obviously with the pool stages to get yourself um, through them, play really good football, build a really good foundation, create a lot of momentum, and head into the quarterfinals, the final series with a lot of confidence um and i think that we've done that quite well yes there was a little bit of a hiccup in terms of wales that was a disappointing loss but um a lot of the positives that we got out of the four games that we played together as a group um has put us in really good shape to approach these final series i think the preparation's been really good even prior to the four games we had two weeks camp in your which is really intense um and we just mate we've just been ready to go ever since we got here um you know happy with certainly how we've Progress through the pull stages, and like I said, everyone's really, really excited. Um, you know, we're at the pointy end now. We're at the business end, and we've, like I said before, we've got that natural lift in focus and energy around the task at hand this weekend. And mate, we're mate, we're uh, we're good to go. We're not, we're not, you know, we're not uh, like I said, we're not not going to play our test tomorrow or, or Thursday. You know, we're yeah. going to let it build nicely and make sure that we're getting everything right, um, getting through all the detail. As you know what's important in a test prep week in terms of, in terms of getting everything locked in, locked away, uh, and then, like you said, explode on the, on the weekend. So everyone's, everyone's kind
0: of doing a really good job at that at the moment. Let me take you back to your first test there, back over in Perth, uh, way back. Uh, we, were, we were chatting about the other day about you play the game, you didn't even have a number on your, on your back. <laughs> yeah. uh, and we're asking, one, was that uh, allowed back in the day? Take us through how it all all started because it's an incredible story,
1: mate. I, I know I've um, I've told this story once or twice, and I think every time I tell it, there's one or two beers and meat pies <laughs> that are added to added to the story each time. So I think how <laughs> uh, mate how it all how it all unfolded was really bizarre. I mean, like I was playing club football at the time at North in um in Sydney, and I was on my way down. I was commuting from the Central Coast, and Eddie Jones rang, and I was on that F three, and he said, uh, "Yeah, mate, e. Jones here. You know and he's... The way he goes approaches a, a phone conversation, and I kind of like had to kind of second question. Like I was like, seriously, who is it? You know, I thought it was one of my mates playing because this guy's never <laughs> called me before. Yeah, um, I'd only been playing Super Rugby at the time with the Brumbies. Anyway, so he basically wanted me to kind of get sorted, um, get home, pack my bags, and, and and get me on a seven o'clock flight. And mind you, it was five thirty at the time um, to come over to Perth to, I guess, <laughs> not, just be a bit of a shadow play. But I guess, uh, I guess, kind of. Um, experience, uh, get a look into how a, a test team prepares. I'm not too sure. I'm still unsure of the day why he flew me over, mate. To be fair, um, but <laughs> I end up getting I end up getting on that fly and I headed over and you know I spent the weekend with the team. Um, I watched them preparing their captain's run. I went to game day. Luckily for me, Chris Webb reminded me to take my boots. Um, but you know, at the time, sure enough, I didn't think I needed them. But you know, I was watching the guys warm up on halfway. Uh, I had these seats, and I was sitting there with Matt Henjak, who was twenty third man because I used to feel twenty two back in the day, and I was twenty fourth man because you know I was the only mm. other player there. So um, I was sitting there with you know a nice little four and twenty traveller and a beer, and you know I was I was taking photos on my phone at the time, right, while the boys were warming up and sending them to all my mates back home. You know, basically. You know, bragging about how good the seats were and, you know, a free trip <laughs> yeah. to Perth, um, compliments of Qantas, and like this weekend in Perth that, you know, that was unexpected, um, certainly enjoyable. Um, but, you know, obviously Elton Flatley had copped a bit of a head knock in the warm up. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, still unsure at the time. We, you know, we caught it. We got, we got a call from Phil Thompson, Chris Webb at the time, and said, he said, basically, look, mate, you guys, can you guys run down to the change rooms? And we're like, what for you guys? You guys just need you down here really quick. So we're thinking, okay, we'll run down, thinking, what are we clapping them on or whatever. But anyway, I went down there and I got handed a jersey, obviously without a number on its back because oh, it was unplanned. And uh, they said, "Look, mate, you yeah, Elton Flatley's suffered a head knock, um, concussed, and you know you'll be you'll be moving on to the bench." So I kind of um, I, I i remember I remember I was very shocked. I mean, I kind of responded with just a bit of a head nod, and then it just all hit me. You know, I started to yeah. shake, and you know, basically, I was shitting myself. <laughs> uh, but I spent the next seventy-eight minutes on the <laughs> next, next seventy-eight minutes on the bench warming up, and, and Chris with Chris Whitaker taking me through the place because they they were running a a five-two bench. So, <laughs> but there's um, there's. That's kind of that's kind of how it happened.
0: There wouldn't have been a better player to uh, take you through running on the bench than Chris Whitaker, who uh, spent <laughs> about a one decade behind. School. yeah rooms. one of the
1: great splits. The funny thing was, right, I was because I was sending those picture messages to my mates. Um, there was one moment where they were receiving all these picture messages and replying, "How good!" And then next thing you know, they see me in the national anthem. Um, in the lineup singing the national anthem just before we're about to kick off. Fantastic. And they were just kind of trying to put two and two
0: together. Fantastic. A little bit confusing, but uh, that's kind of how it all went down. I remember. Uh, and how was the, how was the, how was your, how was the minutes when you got in the field? Did you remember anything about that, that time? I,
1: well, I do remember. I remember being called up around seven, eight minutes because Claude Rathbone suffered some kind of, some kind of leg injury. I think it was a cork, cork at the time. Yeah. And as he's being assisted off at the field, you know, as I'm kind of coming on, he's, Kind of glanced over and gave me a bit of a wink. <laughs> so I was thinking, you know, I kind of That's probably great. owe him, owe him one for, owe him one for that. Um, yeah, I became Wallaby eight, number eight hundred that night. Um, I got a minute and a half on. I kind of made a little bit of a half break, but also through a poor offload. So, uh, Eddie Jones, was doing <laughs> you balanced KPIs at the time, <laughs> yeah. So I balanced <laughs> yes. it out nicely. So. I, was, I, was, uh, I wasn't in the green, but I wasn't in the red. So it was kind of like, uh, it was an even game for me. But uh, yeah, that's kind of how it happened. I didn't have my number ones to accept um, my cap at the aftermath yeah. function. So I had to borrow my, my, I had to borrow a suit from Wisey, Chris Wisemetal yeah. Sorry, Scotty and Scotty, uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and that's, kind of, that's, that's kind of how it all went down. It was Like I said, it was like a, a bizarre
0: weekend. It's quite incredible. I mean, the, the names that you're talking about, uh eddie jones's coach scott wise as assistant coach uh those are the boys that you're going up against on the weekend so it's like it's a bit of a it's a bit of a full circle uh for uh, some of you guys here and obviously you know throwing michael checker as well so uh how do you uh how do you how do you go without the weekend do you do you throw a little wink out there beforehand or is it is it heads on game on
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh mate i think I think it's a, it's important to have a. I mean, everyone's different, right? Um, and everyone approaches and prepares for a, a test or a game differently. I think it's important to be quite balanced in terms of making sure you're focused, um, um, you get your routine right, the process right in terms of you know your, your lead into the game, but also just to relax, to stay relaxed, calm, Yeah, both. Enjoy it. You know, enjoy the little moments that you. Yeah, just enjoy it. Um, I think it's quite hard as a young player uh, and and you can certainly agree with this you know you're just you're very nervous um, you're anxious there's a lot of anxiety around performance yeah. and how you may perform what the outcome might be what the results could be you know the criticism you might cop um, what your players your teammates are going to think of your performance stuff like that I think over time mm. you you stop worrying about that you stop concerning yourself with the outcome you stop concerning yourself with the criticism um and you just you get more excited for for tests and 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 footy um and i think that's kind of like how it works out in the end really i think now for me um i just enjoy the the lead-in um i take on the nerve, certainly when they they are there. It's a really good sign for me. I love I love being nervous and I love being excited. So it's it's uh, you kind of look back on and after you know after a, a good performance and after a good win with you know just relief
0: and satisfaction because you know it was all worth it. It's funny in those change room moments. I remember you know you you have your you have your spot in the bus and you have your spot in the change room and then I remember uh, we we're playing a game against Wales. I think it was one year and everyone's nervous. Then all of a sudden we just heard this sort of buzzer happening uh in the in the background was like an electric razor and it was daniel herbert shaving down before the game in the change room before like moments (laughs) before moments before about to run on you are thinking mate what's going what's going through your head there so then the other part i i remember uh you know one of my uh one of my heroes growing up uh was you know as a young bloke uh was timmy horan and jason little you know they were a couple years ahead of me but they were like the the tandem, I remember Jace used to run out with the top button done up of his jersey. So I thought, well, if he does it, I've got to do it. Collar up and the bike pants pulled down. I remember looking back years later thinking, what are you doing, son? Like That's, that's awful. It was, uh, it was awful. Do you have any you have, so the question to you is do you have any heroes growing up? Do you have any anyone that you modeled your game and you thought, <laughs> hey, this is it, you still wanna be like?
1: Yeah, I, I remember you actually you put that you put that look off quite well though. Um <laughs> I think there's sort of few blokes that sort of like to kind of go, you know, <laughs> top collar tuck in low bike pants.
0: Low bike pants.
1: Um, I think uh for me for me, um No, I, I'm not too sure. I I kind of you know, I kind of just, I was very fortunate when I started rugby. Um, It all happened for me pretty quickly because, you know, I was pretty focused on um, finishing school and getting into university. And then obviously with uni, I I accompanied that with some footy in Sydney and it kind of just happened quickly. I I started off with Colts and then before I knew it, I was playing first grade and before I knew it, I was kind of down in Canberra playing and training with the Brumbies down there. And I think for me, uh, I was lucky in a way where I had all these mentors, mm. senior players, huge figures of the game um, around me early on in my career. So I had Greigs, I had Stephen Larkin, Sterling Mortlock, Owen Finnegan, Joe Roth. I mean, like, greats greats of the game. Yeah, the core um, of the Aussie team. Yeah, it's right, right? Mac Guido and, you know, Clyde Rathbone was down there mark gerard like i mean huge names back in the day i mean they obviously won my first year down there they won that uh super rugby title mm. um so i think for me i kind of rather than i guess taking or snatching looks stealing looks from um from other players i think i kind of stole a few different routines and uh I wouldn't say OCD, but habits um, yeah. from other players. I mean, because and there's no way I was going to run with the Mac Guido kind of haircut. You know, he used to do that kind of, um, <laughs> used to tint his hair and yeah, that's you know, right. foils and so one side of it was shaved him and Henjack had something funny going on. That's and, right. I mean, the other blokes, yeah, Greggs had a crew cut. he That was his thing. There's no way I could pull that off. Um, so, you know, looks looks weren't, I think, for me, but I, I stole. I kind of, took the best parts of other players' routines. Like I mean, Griggs was a was absolutely brilliant to learn from. Like there was no one more professional than that bloke yeah. during his time. I mean, the way he kind of approached his his work day to day was um was incredible and so I was pretty fortunate in that. Um, you know, I used to love watching Stephen Larkin train, just how I guess how much of a genius he was. Um, um, you know, Sterling Motlock's energy in the gym and at training—like he had an extremely high work ethic. Um, so I kind of, I got to learn. I got to learn some really good things early on, and I think that probably
0: helped me set up for, you know, the career that I've got now. Tell me, one of the one of the things I I I love about your game is when you're scoring tries, and you and you you're up there on the all-time try scorers with the Aussies. Uh, you know, you you score. Uh, I remember you scoring the double in the corner at, at uh, ANZ Stadium for that Super Rugby final. We were in that corner. It was outstanding. And the way you score a try uh, and you hang in the, there's airtime. You hang in the air. And just as you're about to dot it out, you just look at the defender. Like it's just, it's a turn of the head. It's sort of Joe Rocco esque. esque. <laughs> uh, I love it. Who did you steal that from or is that your baby?
1: <laughs> oh, I, mate, I don't know. I may have. Uh... I may have taken it from someone. I think um, I don't know if I made it up or not, but it's just something that I've I started doing, and I kind of kept doing. Like I think you've got to enjoy any moment um, that you get the chance to dive over the line and score a try for, for the team. They're always they're always a bonus, um, but. Yeah, I think it's just uh, it's just something that I started early on. I remember the old man used to teach me when I was really young. You know, I had to dive. I wasn't allowed to do yes. two handed put down or the single arm put down. That's I wasn't allowed to do right. that. So I had to dive every time, regardless of the conditions. Right? It could have been, you know, obviously rain, hail, or shine. It could have been just we could have been playing in gravel in the backyard. <laughs> every time, and I think with that type of conditioning, mate, you know, you get carries through, carries through into your. Into your uh, professional career, so, so that is great. There actually was one time. I I did try the the two handed uh, put down while I was diving. Very awkward moment. Cheated yes. I think it was two thousand, maybe it's two thousand six. And I I don't know, mate. I was an absolute brain fart. I fumbled it over the line. Oh, no. And it was one of the most embarrassing moments of my career, you know, that I'm sure you've – I don't know if you've gone through one, Berkey. I mean, you were a pretty stylish try scorer back in the time, (laughs) but um, just to drop the ball over the line like that in that fashion was extremely embarrassing. And I had all these senior players around me. I was just a young buck at the time, and they let me know about it. I mean, it was replayed over and over in the team meeting on the Monday the next morning, and it was just – it was a low. I would be honest. It was a low point in my career. Yeah. Right? Just the criticism it's, and the and the shit that I cop from the boys, right? Um, it, 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 was the like it was the old school. It was the old school wasn't it? That's right. And these senior players, right? That they went extremely old school on me during that week. I had certainly Mortlock make me do IPP, which is um, PSS, which is kind of like your your post session post session extras. Try scoring, so I had to do these. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Try scoring extras at Viking Park, right? while they all? Why all they sat down in the stands, and I had to do. I had to run in from the forty meter line, and I had to dive in the corner uh, and do ten tries. So and, that was and they were critiquing yeah, it was it was from the low point. Line. It was a low point.
0: That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, <good> that's fantastic. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> exactly man. right. I'm bullying. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, uh, mate. So, how? T- tell me. I mean, you. We already we touched on four World Cups how far can this team go uh you know we we you know we love a, a winner in australia and you know through the pool matches and as you said you just got to get there to the finals to to give it a crack how far can this team go
1: well mate we can go all the way i mean and that's the belief of the group i mean not only the players all the staff here believe it too and i think there's a lot of belief amongst our our rugby community, our support base. Yeah. If you don't have that belief, you shouldn't be here. I think all the teams, all the eight teams that are now here in the final stages, they're going Mm. to have that belief too. And with tournament football, you know, we've experienced it before, anything can happen. Yeah, that's so true. It's about getting your preparation right. It's about going out there and executing the game plan that you install during the week and just playing like it's your last test. Like There's nothing else that matters. Enjoying it, obviously, um, but playing – <clears throat> playing like nothing else matters, mate. Like I said before, in terms of belief, if you don't have the belief that you can win a Rugby World Cup, then you shouldn't be competing in a Rugby World Cup. Um, and that's the reality of it, I think. We've done a lot of work around yeah. that around the mental part of the game um, and you've got to really balance that nicely with yeah. the physical part of the game as well. You know, your accuracy, accuracies in your roles and your completions and your performance. So. Like I said before, we're we're I mean we're building nicely into this quarterfinal, and you know, be great to get through this weekend and continue that momentum all the way through to the end. And, but like like I said before, it's a day to time, mate.
0: Now you are one of the favourite sons of Australian rugby. You have the nickname Swoop. Just quickly, where does that come from? <laughs>
1: uh, uh, well, I could tell you the real story, but I probably won't go into that. But... <laughs> On that
0: note, that's for the next. That's for the next podcast, the R-rated podcast. Uh, <laughs> that's for the next. That's for, that's for the next. Yeah,
1: that's for the next one. But I think, I think honestly, honestly, um, and why I think I'm called Sweep is just because of that play on words. I think you know, back in the day, they used to do the whole poopy swoopy, and you just kind of the, the alliteration or whatever it was, the play on play on words with your nicknames. Um, I think that's kind of how it evolved. But you know, I've got a good hint on why it really.
0: There the, <laughs> yeah, like That's for so, the next podcast. So yeah, or, or next time someone sees you in a bar, they'll have to come up and ask you that question. <laughs> uh, here we go. So then, swoopy. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time, mate. We love your uh, you love your passion, uh, your your ability to back up and play. It's outstanding. We love the way you're playing, mate. And good luck for the rest of the tournament. And, and thanks for talking Robbie, with me. Appreciate it, know No worries, mate. Any time. Good on you, mate. Go well on the weekend, mate. And uh, and thanks again, buddy. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Now, with the Rugby World Cup tournament now in the do-or-die phase, next week we'll have another special guest for you on Talking Rugby. The final is not far away, so make sure you don't miss an episode. Try Australia. Patience rewarded. You've been listening to Talking Rugby with me, Madhura.